I don't want to look at my phone. You don't have to. I think I just got like some emails. I don't know if like the results have been determined yet, or maybe not. Because I guess no, yeah, no, thirty-seven minutes. Texas no still way. I did get. Yeah, that's uh, true. El Paso. Yeah. They're in different, different time, time zone. zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still don't want to look at it and like I don't want to see where we're at. I'll look at it and then look back at you and just not have an expression on my face, <laughs> no matter what. I'm just regardless, you just kind of give me like this toothy smile. I can't think of too many reasons for me to genuinely give you a toothy smile after looking at like the results. Bite your lip. <laughs> not, not that lip. No. <laughs> the no. yellow lip. Hey everyone, Joe here. You're listening to the 13th episode of Like for Like, a podcast where my friends and I talk to some interesting people about what it means to be a creator in the world of social media. My co-hosts today are Alex hey, and Jonathan. Hey there. On this episode, digital artist Christian Orillo, who also goes by Crispy, will be joining us. But first, how's it going, guys? It's going pretty pretty well. Pretty decently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Glad I early voted. Same. Yeah. Same here. There's no yeah. line because my district is so small. I was stuck in line like for an hour and a half, and there was a drone there. <laughs> hour and Did a the half? drone? My God! Yeah. Wow. Did the drone talk to you at all? No, it, it's just a drone. Okay, it wasn't just like. Bzzz, it just like went up, like, bzzz, and then went back down. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like some random low-budget news group trying to get some some nice footage. I guess they're like, look how long this line is. <laughs> It's kind of weird because there was like a was it like El Paso had like some tr- like military training going on or something at like right near the area for voting in some of those places were. That's what I heard. That's horrifying. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff happens every every election. Oh yeah, like there's all just strange posturing in 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 random cities. I, I didn't hear anything about that. Well, I mean that's I that's Beto's. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> his his hometown. His, I, I just uh, saw that. I'm kind of like, I I understand if it's like a county is known to vote a certain way. But at the same time, it's like if you're trying to keep voters out, you're also keeping voters that you would want out. Like yeah. you can't just assume. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can work both ways. Mm-hmm. Best it's like, to yeah, just let people vote. <laughs> yeah, voter suppression is a really complex thing uh, because you would think that uh, making it more difficult to vote affects everybody, everybody in the same way. But in fact, uh, when it comes to like shows of military strength and stuff like that right by a polling station like or, or like police exercises or things like that or an increased like guard or like or negated community yeah exactly all of those kinds of things like an increased military or police presence those are going to disproportionately affect people who are already disproportionately affected by the jobs that those uh that those people carry out like the, the military is a military presence is going to make uh, certain ethnic groups on higher alert and maybe not want to show up to the polls just Ooh, strictly Jesus. for the fact of, you know, I, I look the way that I do. So I'm not going to risk being around these people because I wouldn't in my everyday life. What makes Election Day any different? It's not a holiday. So <laughs> good Lord, that's really saddening. Or like an increased police presence, like you, you see this, you see this in like Georgia and Alabama and Arizona and like Mississippi. You have lots of police at the polling stations, and who is 
disproportionately arrested uh, mm-hmm. in those states. You, you see that in those states, not California. Well, I mean, in all states, not but New York? Yeah. <laughs> just Oregon? statistically really? in all states. But uh, you know, I'm specifically <laughs> citing places that have had you know notable news coverage of, of stuff like that happening mm. um, in, okay. in previous elections. But yeah. uh, because I mean, yeah, th- that's definitely a problem everywhere. Well, it's just I, I, I'm also being sarcastic. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but if you're listening, <laughs> but there's to, some truth yeah. in the sarcasm. But uh, if if you're listening to this now, you already know who won. Yeah, so. don't tell us. <laughs> I, I wish I was you because uh, I sound like I am laughing right now, but um, the existential dread is is heavy. <laughs> oh, my tummy it's hurts. Super heavy. Yep. No. Uh, yeah, polls close in most places, most states in like 20 minutes. So. Yep. Including oh our God, own. Yeah, it's 640. Yeah, so we'll start seeing results come in here in like an hour, probably. 30 minutes to an hour. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's cool. So when we finish this episode, uh, we'll have plenty to talk about off the record. <laughs> oh, man. Like our off the record conversations would really surprise anyone. I actually really like that about our show. Like, uh, I, I really enjoy that, that we just sort of talk about whatever yeah uh, like in yeah. the last episode that i edited um the episode that's going up tomorrow is the interview we did with jeremy blake and like we had a pretty deep and sudden like unexpected discussion of depression and like seeking help for your you know mental health issues and, and things like that didn't we record that one uh, uh close to world mental health day i think it, i think we might have recorded it like the the following week or something like that okay or yeah, it was definitely within a few days. We talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was as more people should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. this was the first year uh, that I ever talked about my mental health issues, largely because I like wasn't actually diagnosed until this year with anything. But yeah, <laughs> do it. the yeah. first year I was like, "Hey, cyclothymia is great." <laughs> it's... Talking about it more increases public understanding. Mm-hmm. You know. On another note. Uh-huh. I was at buying groceries today. Yeah. Because I needed groceries pretty bad. And I was at the <laughs> checkout line. And I just started unloading my basket. Like, you know, just kind of nodded to the ch- the cashier. Uh-huh. And he just sits there and watches me unload every single item. I'm kind of like thinking in my head, I'm like, start scanning it. You can like, we can like get this job done, you and I, really fast. Yeah. And he just waits until I put every single item onto the conveyor belt and then start scanning things. And I'm just kind of like. Oh man, he didn't hear my mental like shouts. Like, <laughs> just scan it, <laughs> just get this ball rolling. <laughs> that's great. I think that's because yeah, that's that's kind of weird. Like, like usually, if you have yeah. more than ten or fifteen items, then you, yeah, they start. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You would think so. I think that's, and I don't know if this is the same still. You like being a employee um, yeah. would would know this better than I do. But um, they used to measure. They're like cashier's performance based on like the time allotted between the first scanned item and the last scanned item on a transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a measure of your efficiency. So that was actually a thing. They would wait until you had everything on the line so they could see everything you had so they could like reach across the thing to grab stuff that would be more beneficial to scan earlier so that they can make themselves room for the bagger. So, so that they could increase their efficiency. Well, see, he, he was so the that's bagger. Not, that's not efficiency in like a in a classic. Hey, there's a big line behind you. Let's get that line moving kind of way. That's efficiency in just you're seeing the test score kind of way. Exactly. So yeah. it's less genuine education and more like you know <laughs> how to cheat the system. Test score. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say more like the Texas <laughs> education system. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad we voted. The holidays are coming. Uh huh. 
yeah. including Thanksgiving and all, Bucks yeah. Day. All one of them? Christmas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You anti-Christian? I said, oh. Dun, dun, dun. I, said, <laughs> I included it. I said holidays. Merry, <laughs> merry holidays, everybody. <laughs> yeah, happy Christmas Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Your favorite of the Christmases? <laughs> have a happy Thanksgiving and a happy Box Day. Not a happy Black Friday, because that's just a horrible day to exist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Bless that that your souls out there. I, to go yeah, out. Stay strong. <laughs> yep. Imagine the folks that like go out to like a Walmart on a Black Friday. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think know. of the people that work Or there. like Thanksgiving night. Yeah. Like camp <sighs> out until like yeah. three in the morning when they open or whatever it is. Businesses have ruined the meaning of Thanksgiving <laughs> on the day at least. Dude, seriously, yeah. like working at uh, boop, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, well, we won't say who, but it's just a great place to buy things. Like you can probably get like the best price there when you buy something. Maybe yeah, the most you... <laughs> superior of purchase locations. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the prime purchases without being, yeah. you know, it, it was it was definitely yeah. alliterative like that. But it was yeah. Amazon. It wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best place to buy things, but yeah. we won't say who. Yeah, yeah. the The ideal place to invest in new technology. Yeah. Yes. The absolute best place for buy things. The yeah. best brick and mortar place to do that at. <laughs> and not Radio Shack. <laughs> it, it was the Rick and Morty of brick and mortars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. What it? Like, it just sounds the same. I was, yeah. No, I'll ponder it. I'll ponder it. <laughs> Although I will say it was nice being like a dick uh, yeah. working those days. Because people were like, usually when you're a to be on your best behavior. I mean, take that out. <laughs> it's okay. What, yeah, what, there there I, were like five beeps in the last episode. Okay. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Put something funny in there. Like make it so it sounds like it's part of the show. I think maybe in another life I was a government censor. Can, can you use this? Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Yeah, like uh, you could maybe, do that really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, it's it fun being a dick um, during yeah. working at that place because you know you had to be like really nice, make a sale. Then like on that day, everyone's just like, "I need an iPad. I need five iPads." And you're just like, "Hold the fuck on! Let me get the damn key." <laughs> like, like, where I do can't I do this? It's a doorbuster item. You have yeah. to have a fucking ticket. And you can only have one. It was that, and then like like where, where do I go buy this? Where do I go buy this? I'm like. Go in line there, and <laughs> and it's like I'm not waiting in line. I'm like, well, you're not getting it. And like he throws a ticket at me, and I'm like, who wants an iPad? And they're like, I do. So I give them a ticket. I'm like, go away in line. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I love those days, Jonathan. I really want to relive. I really want to live relive that experience. There's parts of me that want to do that. Like if we ever get this into a thing, like work a seasonal job just to be an asshole while I'm working. There. Oh, that'd be, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, get hired would, at a shitty place just so you can get fired. Yeah, yeah I, would I would totally love to experience do that. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's the goal for when we when we start a Patreon for this. That, <laughs> and it actually, for some reason, uh, we just need more cables. Is successful. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to get some cheap cables, so <laughs> we go work there for a while. <laughs> that employee discount. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What would the rules be? You at least have to show up. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you can't just not show up and be like, oh, go some food. No, you <laughs> actually have to show up and like. Put on a character yeah. of like I really need this job. I'm just wearing a stuck on dildo on my forehead every day. Like, come on, <laughs> this is this is part of who I am. Like, it's part of my my religion. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, I researched. My mom was giving my dog <laughs> avocado. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's okay. Is avocado good for dogs? Or is it bad? Well, that's the thing. I, I didn't know if avocados were good or bad for dogs. So yeah. I was like, okay, I better check it because Cecil's was pretty small. She eats a lot of avocado real fast. This could be, this could go yeah. downhill pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Um. So I look it up and <laughs> what I find out is it's like avocados are very dangerous for animals if they consume and swallow the giant pit <laughs> as inside and they choke on it. Wow. I never <laughs> would have thought that. <laughs> I was like, oh. Like yeah, cool. So to eat. I shouldn't feed them this golf ball because I he looks like he really wants to eat the golf ball. Don't give them the golf ball. <laughs> yeah, save it for us, the people who can ingest that. It, it was really, it was really great. It was like, it was like asking a family member. It's like, hey, like, are you okay? And like, or like some sort of some sort of question that gives them the opportunity to be like the most smart ass to you as they could possibly be. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like when I read okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a trolling answer. Yeah, I get you. Hey, Christian. Hi. How's it going? Fine. Fine. Oh, you Try have your webcam. You don't have to use your webcam. I'm not using right. mine. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know why I waved. You can't see it, but hey there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Regardless, we are waving. I didn't, I didn't use Skype very often, so this is why it's like automatic. <laughs> That's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're slowly becoming Skype experts, uh, using it almost every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as one can be an expert in Skype. Well, I don't use it very often. I used to call my mom because I live in Chile and she's in Peru. So that's the that's the only reason I use Skype. And now I have another reason. What have you been up to today? Well, um, today I'm pretty pretty happy because I'm checking Instagram because I posted a new artwork uh, because I am very lazy posting things on Instagram and I'm finally <laughs> up with something new and it's um, a portrait of a pop singer called Robin. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very pretty happy with it and people is really like crazy, especially the fans. So I'm, I'm having a lot of fun talking to them and, and enjoying this this new artwork with them yeah cool yeah how are you how's everything doing well yeah we've been we've had a a, a decently chill day uh <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. it is uh it is currently election day here in the u.s oh. um so after the podcast we've got some uh some good old poll watching to some do stressing <laughs> yeah some stressing yeah. to do yeah some stressing that'll be fun yeah. Oy, I, oy. Oh my God. Yeah, I've seen some uh, artists sharing and sharing things about please vote and like don't forget to vote. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody's very involved in this, so that's fine. Yeah, this year is turning out to be, um, and we're obviously this episode is going to go out multiple weeks after the results. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but. Uh, yeah, so far this year's turning out to be um, record turnout as far as early voting and everything. Good. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, it, hopefully we don't have another year like the the last election where oh it was a record God. low voter turnout. Yeah, I can imagine it. You want to tell the listeners what, what it is you do? Well, um, I do many things, actually. 
besides my besides what I share on Instagram because I used to post most of the 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 artwork I do for this little personal brand called Crispy. Um, mm-hmm. But I am an artist. I think uh, I have like two parallel lives as an illustrator in a little uh, book publisher here in Santiago. And on my free time, I work as a freelance illustrator with this little project called Crispy, which isn't exactly like a paying name or something. It's like something that happened a time ago and that I never uh, changed that weird name <laughs> because it has no <laughs> no sense at all. It doesn't mean anything. But yeah, I, I do digital art. I paint, I do portraits, I, I do many things related to painting and drawing and, and, and experimenting with digital art and also traditional art. That's what I try to do. Something that's, that's, seen really, that's really cool about your artwork is that not only is it compositionally beautiful, but also you have like this iridescent render to all your images you show. And I'm just curious what made you decide to go that route because that's that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy because this started to like happening very like I don't know. I never controlled the the way this looked like. I'm being 100% honest. Mm-hmm. I just uh, used the colors I thought uh, made me feel uh, I don't know somehow comf- very comfortable and 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 I felt a lot of uh, sweetness and. It, it was very uh, related and connected to my emotions rather than thinking of uh, bringing a, a cool or co- a colorful effect. So mm-hmm. I slowly um, developed this color palette, but now I'm very conscious of, of the kind of uh, holographic or iridescent colors I'm using, and I'm trying to improve this this kind of effect but somehow the colors are uh, the way i i initially connected with with the people with my my fandom if you will so i'm pretty pretty happy that sometimes people recognize me because of my colors because they think oh well I, i've seen something uh, i don't know some object or a book or whatever that that looks uh, very colorful or holographic or iridescent they they say this reminds me of you a lot or i know it's it's pretty interesting how people connected with the color and now i'm i'm being more conscious about this little fact you do it really well um just say that (laughs) (laughs) thank Um, you very much you're welcome also like i did i didn't really think about that before, how you have your own kind of color palette and people recognize you for that color palette, which I guess makes sense because you have artists like Sargent and Zorn, like they're known for their color palettes. And that's really cool that you can achieve that because usually from a lot of what I see, it's like people's like style of character or how they work with the scene. Like you straight up have color. That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it, it comes from many, many sources especially the world of uh, Japanese animation and, and, and anime and manga, you know. This yeah. is uh, another world where I learned a lot of things about how to mix uh, 
colors and how to like express yourself without being shy of I don't know putting some red and then some neon colors and then some pastels you are very free of of being what you want to be and do crazy characters and mixing color that I don't usually use to to mix so it it was a very interesting process to discover how to uh, mix colors how to how to feel the colors as well and how to uh, own the colors that that somehow uh, represents your personality or your emotions that's that's the way I, i work with the colors you seem to make a point of representing digital art as firmly equal to traditional art when you talk about it online Mm -hmm. Uh, why do you think it seems most people might feel like traditional art is superior in any way? Well, I think, I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very complex. We're still, um, understanding, uh, what is it about? Because it's pretty new, even if, if we're seeing a lot, a lot of content, uh, digital content, digital art, people still, uh, doesn't understand what is it really about and how much effort does it take. So I felt um, when I started doing this project uh, like formally and I slowly um, discovered that I wanted to be part of some galleries and I wanted it to be recognized as uh, an art that um, deserves to be in a gallery that deserves to be uh, appreciated in that way that some people think, especially, well, I started feeling that here in Chile, some people think, um, that it, it isn't that, um, important or it, it, or the effort that you put on each piece isn't the same because you are not using uh, physical materials, you know? Mm. So yeah. when I discovered that, I, I thought, why, why this is happening to me? Are there uh, another artists that are feeling somehow excluded of of this uh, world of traditional art or galleries or i don't know websites especially websites that don't think that digital art isn't that cool or that good or or real art so i i thought well we're we're thinking or we're we're focusing more on uh, how is it made rather than the final product, you know? Yeah. Rather yeah. than creativity, rather than the, the artist's uh, imagination, whatever. So yeah. I'm very interested in talk about it. So I started very randomly to try to explore if, if my followers, my friends, the people I follow as well, uh, know or think something about it because nobody talks about that and I think it's important to share our thoughts I I really don't want to um, make it like a little war of digital team versus traditional team because that's not the point but what I try to do is to listen to everybody's opinion about digital art and share it and like get more informed about what it is how much how much time does it take or whatever not. I'm very um, happy that many people reacted very positively and was very like happy to to say, well, well, I, I always wanted to talk about it, but I never, I, I've never had the opportunity to, 
to really like uh, tell somebody that I was excluded from a, from a magazine that was just focused on um, traditional painting, you know, or I wasn't part of, or, or, or I wasn't part of an art exhibit because my art was printed and I, I didn't use uh, oils or watercolor. So, so it's interesting to know that most of, of us, I include myself in it, um, aren't, um, are, are somehow excluded from some areas. And I, I yeah. love to to feel that we slowly we are slowly uh, learning and understanding that digital art is just another tool, and there are lots of incredible things happening behind it. You know. Yeah, it's an evolution in how art is taken in by the communities that are creating it and that are experiencing it. Yeah, yeah, it's just another form of that artistic expression. Just an evolution of the medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It happened somehow with the photography when it, when it appeared and people, and now it, you can find amazing photographers at the museums and everywhere and it's recognized as an art. Yeah. So with, yeah. I think we need to slowly explore this new, new um, media, but it will, ha it will be uh, recognized soon. I, I, I'm very sure about that. Absolutely. Like, yeah. cinema wasn't recognized as art for a while. <laughs> My first yeah. time on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. return to our interview with Christian in just a moment. We don't have any sponsors for today's episode, but we want to thank all of you for listening to our show. If this is your first time here, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you can and share our show with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to help us reach more people. Alex, you want to tell the people where to find your stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Alex Shags Alston. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Shags Alston. I have a still dead YouTube page under Alex Alston, and I'm on Facebook, but don't look me up. Not there. <laughs> it, the YouTube page is like barely clinging to life. It's it hasn't yet failed all of its death saves. You're just like uh, hovering over it with a pillow, like I don't know. <laughs> Should I? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jonathan, where can people find your stuff? Yeah, you can find me. You can find my work at a uh, Um You can also follow me on Instagram at uh, docklejonathan. And I promise I will be uploading stuff soon. I'm just very busy with school, <laughs> but there'll, there'll be stuff in the future. Yeah, don't don't feel forced to to post. You gotta. I mean, if you force it, it's not gonna feel yeah real. You want it to be a visceral experience, a <laughs> loving uh, a loving moment that you that you come to between you and your. Yeah, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not, <laughs> but are you? <laughs> no, I, oh. I am being serious. Oh, okay. I was yeah, trying to make it sort of sound like an orgasm thing. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Alex got Posting it. Is like, yeah. nodding. Posting is like jerk you know, off your followers. <laughs> <laughs> Just tease them a little bit. When I am posting, I am coming. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe wow. be that when I go when I go to my phone and open my app, I am coming. What was that Arnold Schwarzenegger going to the gym? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You didn't. You don't know that. 
I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh, that's like a thing. Like he wrote, like trying to get people interested in like going to the gym and exercising. He describes it as like he's always coming. He's like, when you pump your muscle, like yes. you push a lot of blood to it. Yes, I yeah. have <laughs> actually heard that interview. Yeah. Uh, that's terrible. When I okay. post that, when I post that tweet. <laughs> Anyways, um, you can find my stuff on, on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph R. Strom. Uh, that's that's all my my artwork and stuff. And, and you can find my blog and some music that uh, I've produced um, and that Alex has made on PlantasticFanit.com, as well as show notes for this podcast. So uh, yeah, back to the interview. So we were, you know, just talking about the juxtaposition of, of digital art and traditional art and mm. being like excluded from magazines and stuff like that that mm. uh, promote that traditional art. Um, so what's it been like working with like Wow X Wow and those kind of organizations? Well, that was amazing to me. It changed somehow the way I I work, the way I I see my my future, whatever. It was pretty special because I followed the, that blog, that page, a long time ago. I always like was discovering new artists in every post because I I now I'm a friend with the with the guy that administrates the page. Um, so I was a big fan of, of of it, and one day I received an email and. It was an invitation for uh, an online uh, group exhibit, and I I thought it was a joke. I, I thought what I looked at the, the list of the artists that were in, in the exhibition, and, and I thought, oh my god, they are incredible, and they were traditional artists, most of them. Probably, I don't know, ninety percent of them were traditional artists, very very amazing and talented artists, artists and. I was shocked. I thought the team was joking, and I and I said to him, "Do you really know I do uh, digital art, and I've never sold prints, and whatever? Like I am very like lost in this moment." And he said, "Yes, I know you do digital art, and I know you feed amazingly good here. So go ahead. I I love you uh, to." To have you in this in this new exhibit, and I thought, oh my god, this is the this is the moment to do something. <laughs> you know, it was very a very interesting moment. But the first show was really good. I worked very hard on on that piece. I wanted to impress everybody. You know, I was very excited, and and it was very good, very interesting. And then I I've been in another couple of shows there. And woe by woe, um, and it's it's great. You can you have a, a very interesting process because you can talk to to the the team of artists that will be on the exhibit, and you you share your process. You talk. You you say I love your art, or you make friends. It's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. So I I realized when I became part of that exhibit that. I can I can be recognized as a, a, a talented or or a creative artist, being digital or or being traditional, it doesn't matter. I can feed in a gallery or I can be part of a group of incredible and, and it doesn't matter if I'm I di- if I am a digital artist. 
So that was very, very good. That was the kind of a process that I wanted to be part of, you know, the, the kind of, of places I want to, to be or projects I want to be part of because they care more about the creativity of the artist. They care more about the variety of artists rather than the tools that they're, they're using. That, that was the point, I think. Mm. So yeah, it was, that's cool. it was very interesting. I'm very happy. I, I always say that it did some, somehow changed the way I perceive my art. Yeah. It's very common. Like what you said earlier, how, uh, you weren't really certain, like, are, are, do these guys know, like, like there's a, a syndrome, like it's not a real syndrome, but it's called like imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's when mm -hmm. you think like you don't belong or like you don't deserve the credit or like the recognition that you actually do deserve. Um, and it's, it's interesting because like it's, it happens to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, you absolutely do belong to have your work shown with those artists as well too. And that's, that's cool that you're getting to do that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy because uh, I, I, sometimes I talk to friends from art at France from Instagram and they say, how did you get to be at Wow or, or those art galleries here in Santiago? And I don't know, it, it, I took a lot of, I knocked a lot of uh, doors and I've been rejected or I've been ignored many times. You know, I, I, I mailed lots of magazines to like saying, Hey, I do this. I think you probably would like to see what I do. I don't know, but most of them never, never replied. And yeah. this time what I, I, I never talked to the page. I never sent an email to, to Tim and wow. he invited me and he was, Oh my God, like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that that we need in this uh, community. We need this kind of supportive projects for everybody. It doesn't matter if you are for Peru, from Canada, Japan, whatever. And it, it doesn't matter if you do digital traditional or whatever. So it was, it was very like, um, I don't know, maybe futuristic to me. And I'm very, very happy. And, and I'm very happy because every time it's including more and more and new artists so it's getting bigger and more and more interesting and I'm, I'm very happy about it you're uh in in the process of sort of finding your place and like getting um getting comfortable like being a, a member of that community and like being accepted what led you to pursue that in the first place like uh, what initially got you interested in visual art well since i was a kid i i always uh, I've been always like drawing and doing things like I always knew I was meant to be somehow an artist or an illustrator or a digital painter. I, I always knew I wanted to do something related to visual arts since I was a very small. First, I thought I wanted to be a cartoonish. Then I thought I wanted to be a, a Japanese style comic artist, a mangaka. My mom always told me you should work at an animation studio, and I, <laughs> and I always told yeah, I can do it. Like this is what I want. But I, I, I always had lots of ideas related to the visual world, and well, maybe two or three three years ago, I finally found uh, a place where I can grow and where I can finally say this is mine. I've been 
100% mine and my my most sincere and authentic self through this art because uh, through all these years I always tried to catch everybody's attention through my art because I knew I, ca I, I could and I was able to switch from a lot of, of styles and it was pretty interesting if, if I wanted to do some kind of Japanese style I was very happy to do it and then I, I could switch to um, a, a, some kind of Disney style and it it was very fun but at the end of the day it wasn't 100% myself I, I was just uh, were, uh, playing to entertain everybody with with cute or colorful things and I wasn't communicating what I really felt or being 100% uh, myself so it was a pretty yeah. pretty interesting process of discovering th through all these years that I always wanted to do this but I never knew that uh, I wanted to do uh, visual art this way I, so this is pretty like incredible because I I really I'm really surprised when I look at my gallery and I see all those colors and those faces. I sometimes I think, what is this? Oh my god! Like how 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 did I do this? It, it's, <laughs> Who it's took very, over my body and painted yeah, these things? <laughs> yeah, I'm very surprised about it. And sometimes I think I'm like some kind of. I'm somehow possessed by an spirit or something that helps me to do this because it makes me feel wonderful. It makes me feel very happy and it helps me to connect to people. It helps me to leave as well, to pay my bills, to be recognized in, in, the, in this little community. So, so I, I think I've always knew I wanted to be an artist, but the process was a little bit um, um, weird because I <laughs> changed it a lot from side to side. And it was a little bit of a roller coaster. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty happy with, with it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And now you're doing like album covers and uh illustrations for artists like robin <laughs> i'm so yeah i'm always like um surprised every day i'm surprised by by things like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy do you have uh, a specific uh like design or commission you've worked on that really stands out as like a favorite for you well i think now that now that you mentioned the robin commission i'm I'm incredibly uh, satisfied with this because not only because of the colors and and the, those technical aspects about this, because it took me a very short time. Sometimes my artworks, oh my God, they took me months. I'm very mm -hmm. slow. My, my creative process is very, very slow. And that kills me. Because I want to, sh I want to share everything very fast, and I can't. And this time, I had only a week to finish this uh, portrait, and it was very challenging. And I thought, oh my god, I have to do it. I have to do a very high quality artwork. I really admire this artist, um, and I had, and I had a very short time, so it was very crazy, and and it worked very, very well. It, it was, I don't know, it, it was a really, really 
a good process. I had it, the idea very fast and I don't know, it was great. I, I'm very happy with it. So probably probably the most special commission I've worked. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So when you're not doing art, what is it you like to do? I love to dance. I love to go to parties. Like my life <laughs> divided to share my life with my friends and my boyfriend. And then I paint like this is half and half. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> besides that, I love to cook. I'm a big fan of uh, doing some Peruvian dishes because I'm Peruvian. Um, oh, cool. I always like to, if, uh, I'm very uh, into music. I've always been into music. I had a, a little cover band with my friends when I lived in Peru. Cool. And it was, yeah, it was very, very interesting. It, it, it somehow helped me through this process because I love to work with musicians. So there's some kind of synesthesia happening there, but... I'm always looking at new music, sharing a playlist and trying to connect my artwork with music all the time. I'm singing all the time because I, I sang at, at the band I mentioned. I was the, the front singer. <laughs> it was very funny. And yeah, that's, that's, I think I live a, a very normal life. I try not to be consumed by my life as an artist because I'm very like... Um, hard with myself and I'm, I'm always like um, trying to improve and do something new and try something different, you know, and sometimes I need to just disconnect from this and, and no, I just disappear, I guess. <laughs> but I, that's, that's most of my parallel activities. <laughs> cool. You sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That does sound good. You want to let everybody out there know um, where to find your stuff? Well, you can find me on Instagram. I used to share a lot of my process and my selfies and random music I find on the internet. And I'm also on Facebook. For, especially I, I try to use Instagram for my followers from United States or people that speak in English and mm-hmm. for my Spanish or Latin American um, friends. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well as Crispy. I also use Behance as a, it's a pretty, pretty interesting platform. Um, but yeah, basically those uh, social media channels. And I'm also on Twitter sharing things. I'm slowly discovering Twitter because I wasn't uh, it wasn't my best friend, actually, but now I'm learning how to use it, and it's pretty cool. So I, you can find me cool. on Instagram, too. I'm sharing, like, my thoughts and very random stuff about horoscopes and also my artwork. So, yeah, I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm trying to share my work every, everywhere. Yeah, it's it's difficult to, to try to be uh, ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, well, anything you need to uh, to shout out before we let you go? Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm very happy. This is the first uh, podcast in English I'm doing, so I'm so sorry if I said something wrong. I'm trying. Oh, no, you've best. done great. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. 
Um, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be here. And I, I'm always looking at your stories, looking at your inking process. They're very cool. So congratulations for that. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Um, uh, Beyonce posted on Instagram of her wearing a Beto O'Rourke hat. Oh, really? And and I bring up LeBron James because he did the same thing. Popovich uh, did it with his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop did it too. And and Bron, even though he's on the LA Lakers, he did it when he played San Antonio Spurs at our home. Did, did you see? The... So as like a that was like a thing of respect, like walking into our stadium. Super dope. That's oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Did you see the thing on uh, Jim Carrey posting recently? Uh-uh. What, like like eviscerating Ted Cruz. Yeah. yeah. I need to see this. I... I forgot the gist of it, but it was basically like he was talking down to Ted Cruz. I think it was, it was in response it, to Ted saying yeah. something oh, about Jim Carrey. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like thank you for like taking the time to like talk to me like so close to the election. Oh shit! It's like you were able to like come up with a response then, but like you couldn't like do anything uh, like you're like you know like talking to uh, like Trump was talking about about your wife and everything. It's uh-huh. so, like I guess you couldn't say anything because you, you were grabbed by the pussy. Yeah, I was like, oh damn, Jim Carrey. Yeah, I, I don't, don't care that you're anti-vaxxer right now. <laughs> yeah. I can set that aside for now. <laughs> set that aside, please. <laughs> I don't agree with you ideologically on all points, but we can all agree Ted Cruz is trash. <laughs> it's trash, yeah. Oh, I was going to say is the Zodiac Killer, but... <laughs> well, yeah. One of my friends has that on a shirt. It's like this really dope like grindcore design like all up and down. It's amazing. This black mm-hmm. metal t-shirt. Oh, it's cool. so cool. What was it? Like the, the, t- the Poupon dog? Triumph. Triumph. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. He was on uh, the Colb. Well, I, 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 I still want to call it the Colbert Report. I, it's the oh, Late yeah. Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Or is it the Late Late Show? Late it's show. the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it, still. It will always be the Colbert Report for me. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Triumph's bit on that was just hilarious. I love the point. What, we, what do you say? It was a. Uh, he's like. Only thing you can't do, like we're talking to Beto, is like regrow your tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Texas Senate election results. One percent. One percent reporting in. <sighs> don't tell John. Oh God, don't. Well, it, uh, that's too much. Oh, what? It, who, Actually, who's in the reporting? Lead, third party. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> taking. <laughs> it's just Neil Dykeman pulls it out. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I just killed my microphone with that laugh. Look at those peaks. It's like a fucking sawtooth. Apparently, I don't know her name. I feel bad. She was a not. She wasn't a technical paleontologist. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, there was a woman who, well, at the time, she wasn't able to become a paleontologist because there was anti-women rules for paleontology. Which I say that being questioned. I guess it was just an overall rule. Just being a scientist, you had to be a dude for a while. Yeah, um, you can't look for bones because you've never had a boner. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the reason Got why. Him. Um, Got him. Her. But, uh, <laughs> apparently, there were she was this lady that would go around. She was really fascinated by like fossil records and looking uh-huh. at fossils and finding them. Um, she found some complete like fossil like dinosaurs. I don't know which one. Um, I want to say it's Platosaurus. Don't you think that's the right right term for a dinosaur? But uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, she'd find... We'll go with it. Nobody's going to look She'd find fossils and stuff, and, you know, <laughs> she might find them by the seashore, so she... <laughs> seashell, she sells by the seashore. Because she would, actually, really... she would actually sell them to paleontologists. Yeah. She had, like, a fossil shop. 
That's cool. Because, yeah. I mean, naturally, you're going to find seashells when you're working for that stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of fossilized seashells. That's really interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll find her name out, and I'll, I guess I'll put them in the shell notes. Look up that lady. <laughs> in the shell notes. The shell notes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh, <laughs> okay. for, for people wondering why I obnoxiously laughed in the middle of that, it was because Alex pulled out his phone while Jonathan was talking and tried to look up the paleontologist thing. Oh, could you find her? No. No. Oh, no, I didn't actually. It, it, was, it was a ruse. He strictly did it so that I would laugh like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I guess y'all can talk about something, and I'll be actually trying to figure this out. Oh, okay. Uh, um, actually, while you're trying to figure that out, I'm also kind of wondering the origin behind uh, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Yeah. Hmm. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Uh, if a, a woodchuck, woodchuck could chuck, chuck no matter what, a woodchuck can't chuck wood. They, it can't chuck wood? But if a woodchuck could chuck wood, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Yeah, that's precisely what I'm saying. It's, you know, we're framing this, uh, this uh, you know, reality that is a negative as a hypothetical that uh, that hints toward positivity. But even if a woodchuck could chuck wood, would a woodchuck chuck wood? We can't truly know, can we? I mean, I guess I guess one has to consider first what is a woodchuck, and how does one define chucking wood? And if you know, once we have ascertained the true meaning of woodchucking and 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 the woodchuck uh, itself, where does that um, that sim that symmetry in etymology come from is, is there perhaps an ancestral term uh, a, a, a a an ancient Gaelic word perhaps um, from which woodchuck derives uh, that chucking wood also derives its meaning from it's a good question yeah I guess it boils down to uh, everything is meaningless and uh, we can never be certain about anything. And the entire species of woodchucks suffer from extreme depression. <laughs> I know this is what I'm called, but who called me that? I was literally I just just talking about Gavorfenheit on uh, on Twitter the other day. I, I, yeah. By talking about it, I, I mean I mentioned it in a comment. Uh, I saw that a couple hours ago. I was catching up on Twitter, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fascinating concept. Uh, what is that concept? I'm actually not familiar. It's, um, uh, and I'm definitely going to quote the wrong, um, I, I want to say it was Heidegger that first used the term uh, Gevorfenheit, but it roughly translates to thrownness. The Gevorfen is like uh, the act of being thrown in German, and Heit is like a, a, a stage or like state of being. So Gevorfenheit is like the state of being thrown. So he's using it to describe um, the existential concept that like, none of us can choose to exist. Uh, and further than that, none of us can choose the terms of our existence. So you can't choose to be born to a certain family or with certain genes or in a certain geographic region. You are thrown into the world uh, s seemingly randomly. Uh, and from, from that, you can derive the uh, sort of premise that that, uh, existence is meaningless or, or it has no inherent meaning at least mm -hmm. and then his perspective on that uh, a sort of opposite Nietzsche or Nietzsche is that one has to it would behoove one to create their own meaning in the world and that that's sort of the uh, he, he didn't he didn't espouse it as like an ultimate goal of living or anything like that um, like like many other sort of modern existential philosophers do, but um, he was he was much more along the lines of just like, hey, we exist, 
and like that doesn't mean anything so we may as well do something with this cool brain we have mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> so, i like uh, that style of positive nihilism yeah it means nothing so might as well make the best of it yeah it's like yeah. a hyper layman's terms but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that and sort of the practice of like gestalt uh, psychology that came out of that philosophical reasoning is is the reason that i call myself an existentialist when people like ask yeah. what my sort of moral philosophy is or what my religion is that's that's the closest thing I have to that is I'm an existentialist. Cool. Is there a church you go to for that? Yeah, it's the Church of Scientology. <laughs> yeah? No, see, that's actually the cool thing about existentialism is, uh, uh, at least in my opinion, like my sort of goal for living is to like have a goal <laughs> and like for everybody else uh, to find their own meaning in the world. So that's... And that goal for you is to become a Scientologist. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so you can literally express that in like any way that uh, in that sort of derives inherent meaning for you. So if that means worshiping God as a, you know, Christian or as a Muslim or, uh, you know, practicing uh, Buddhist, fa- Buddhist philosophy or... Um, you know, Shinto Buddhism or something like that. Like all of those things are valid ways to derive meaning from your existence. So they fall well within the realm of existentialism. Hmm. So uh, I found I found the lady. Uh, yeah. Her name is Mary Anning. Uh, she was born May twenty first, seventeen ninety nine. Just going off Wikipedia. Uh, March eighteen forty seven is when she died. She was an English fossil collector, dealer, dealer. And paleontologist who became known around the world for important finds she made in Jurassic marine fossil beds in the cliffs along the English Channel. Seashells, she sells by the seashore. <laughs> I can't, I can't say words. <laughs> she sold seashells by that seashore. Yeah. Also yeah, other, that's th- cool. other fossils. Maybe trilobites. I had a bunch of trilobites. I like trilobites. Probably. Trilobites cool are looking. everywhere. They're so cool. Yeah, they are really cool. If you got trilobites or if you want to sponsor us, you can send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> we need a P.O. box. So we can yeah. start. It's pretty cheap to get one, actually. It's, oh, yeah? it's not that bad. Um, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, send me your trilobites. Put like a little googly eyes on them. I'd like that. Ooh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting them back, though. Uh, we, should, we should close out the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> You can find show notes for this and other episodes at lflpodcast.com. That's lflpodcast.com. I want to thank my co-hosts, Alex and Jonathan. Glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Always fun. (laughs) Uh, And thanks again to Christian for joining us. Links to most of what we talked about today will be in the show notes as always. Thank you everyone out there for listening to the 13th episode of Like for Like. Take care of yourselves and remember, you matter. Like literally. Mm-hmm.